PWI Daily Edition with you here today. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Nate Bauer back with me. We are after practice for Penn State football. And uh, we're taking a look at the Penn State receiver position because we got to talk to Taylor Stubblefield tonight uh, and got his thoughts on his position group. Nate, what were your initial impressions about what was going on uh, at practice for what you saw? And then from the receiver position, what you heard from Taylor Stubblefield? Yeah, um, you know, again, like we're we're catching the the beginning of practice, so it's not like we're seeing uh, live reps of receivers against defensive backs. But um, you know, I thought that there was there were a few very interesting things to me. One being the dynamic between Mike Yurcich and his quarterbacks, right? Uh, you and I talked about this after the fact, but he was openly booing when there were uh, poor passes thrown from his quarterbacks to the receivers, which included the tight ends and the running backs. Uh, that Gotta was, love that. that. Was, <laughs> it, was fa- it was fairly humorous. Um, you know, it just, it's not, I, I'm not trying to make more of it than what it was. It was mostly just funny. Um, but, you know, there's very clearly this kind of freewheeling uh, atmosphere that that he has established with with those guys, which is which is interesting, intense, um, but intense, but fun. Right. He, he does seem to be a very animated individual that loves to mix it up. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. No doubt about it. it right. I mean, it, it's supposed to get your competitive juices going. Right. Is yeah. is there are a lot worse people who can be booing you than Mike Yersich. <laughs> Yeah, and it's probably his have, point too, right? You're going to have a lot exactly. more than one in the future. Yeah, yeah I, have a, I have a feeling that Sean Clifford uh, knows that feeling. So, yeah. um, you know, so yeah, so that that was kind of curious. And then, yeah, no, I mean, some of the, I, I was actually spending time with the receivers, not intentionally uh, based on, uh, you know, Taylor Stubblefield being available to the media tonight. Um, but yeah, no, I had an opportunity to see some of those guys in action and, yeah, I thought I thought there were a few who, dare I say, stood stood out a little bit. One being Harrison Wallace, the the true freshman. Yep, he was a guy who just who just caught my eye. I just, um, you know, I I'll be curious to hear what your impressions are, but I think that his size is what stood out to me. He just he just looks bigger. You know, some guys six two one ninety is what he's listed at. They they look skinny. Yeah. Right when you're that tall, you look skinny. I didn't think he looked skinny. I thought I thought he looked uh, I thought he looked the part. So you know he was he was one of the guys. Um, Parker Washington, obviously Jahan Dodson. You know those guys. You kind of know what you have. But you know Keandre Lambert Smith, right? Right. Getting a peek, right. getting a peek at him. Um, it was it was interesting what Taylor Stubblefield said, and we can get to that obviously in a couple of minutes, but. Uh, it kind of aligns with some of the things, some of the things that you see from Keandre Lambert Smith in terms of a drop here at practice, right? We've seen that a couple of times now in the few practices that we've had yeah. where he's dropped the yeah. pass and Taylor Stubblefield's message tonight was shake it off, right? Like you got right. to be able to, right. you got to be able to shake it off. And that's one of the big things that they've been working on with him is to not let it drag him down. So yeah, no, it was, it's, um, they're they're well on their way and you know as you can see where the calendar is game's coming yeah yeah so it was interesting i we were in a similar situation of uh kind of over on that side of practice watching the receivers for a little bit uh parker washington i mean i i i've had a crush on his game 
since his senior tape. And he continues yeah. to look the part. And he talked to us today about, you know, being that guy. And, and I find that conversation about Parker Washington because one of the things that Taylor Stubblefield talked about is him being a leader, not just being one of the best receivers on the team, but being a leader. And from what I gathered listening to table, Taylor Stubblefield talk about his receiving group is that they need a leader and they need somebody to step up. Uh, from a from a play standpoint, the 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 words he used and the things he said about his receivers to me kind of put off an alarm bell in my head that there's nobody really outside of the guys that we are aware of that has really taken a step forward. Um, and we will go through a couple of the the guys that he talked about here because he did give kind of his impression on most of the depth chart. So you mentioned Harrison Wallace. We'll start there with the young guys as far as what Harrison Wallace is. And if you've, you've seen any of my scouting reports, physically talented guy, as you pointed out. And it sounds like he's gotten bigger since high school. He wasn't particularly physically dominant in high school. He was just a super athlete. That's kind of what we get from Taylor Stubblefield here. Uh, so... Um... Liam and, and Harrison, you know what? They're they're getting a ton of reps. Um, they're getting better. Um, you know, Harrison is a is a is a player who is extremely athletic. You could tell by his uh, you know his highlight film and what he does, what he did on the basketball court. So it's just about really trying to fine tune his uh, his skill development and as as a wide receiver. Um, so we're really trying to work on that along with. Uh, a lot of plays, a lot of plays that you got to learn. It's like a foreign language and you got to try to pick it up and pick it up fairly quickly. Um, Liam, you know, he, he's a very focused young man who um, who works his tail off. And so both of them are, are having a really good camp. Um, to me, hearing that about those two young guys, if you were wondering, are any of them going to have a chance to contribute this year? No, no. Harrison Wallace, the the physical side, the talent is all there. That's why he was a part of that class. He was one they were very excited about late as far as the ad, but has to learn how to play receiver, which was a part of his scouting profile, a guy that was not asked to do a lot in high school and needs to learn the playbook. So, you know, if you're looking down the list of, so those young guys are not going to contribute. We've heard Lee and Clifford doing good things so far, hard worker, but nothing really tangible about what he's been able to do so far in practice and by the way I don't think there's anyone that we've asked we've heard more about Liam Clifford there have been more questions about Liam Clifford than anybody else and at, at this point nobody has really said anything nobody's really mentioned him as far as a guy that has stepped up at this point so if you're crossing off your list and like we were doing with the depth chart uh, earlier this week I, I've uh, now I'm immediately taking those guys out of consideration to be a part of any part of the two deep, at least for the first month of the season. I th I think that that's a fair way to put it. Probably, however, I'm also looking at this, and I think that you probably are as well. As all right, you know you got Jahan Dotson, and you know you got Parker Washington, but even knowing that those two guys need to learn how to play the position and learn the playbook, are you sure that they're worse than the third option? 
that's out there? Well, that's that's the question I wanted to ask tonight. That that I I didn't get necessarily. That wasn't the question I asked. But what is it? What's the absolute must that you have to have to play? So what is the skill, or what is the what is the mental part of the game? That the absolute must to step on the football field, because yeah. that's going to determine whether or not those guys see significant roles. Because it wasn't just those guys. That's just where we're starting. But some of the other comments of some of the other young receivers, and not even young receivers, just other receivers on this roster, were less than stellar. And I'm just yeah. I, I want to cut to the chase because what he said about Daniel George to me was eye opening. And this is where really what I want to talk about tonight. You know, uh, the thing with DG is just always about the little things. He is extremely talented. He's a big body dude who's fast. He's physical. He's one of the strongest dudes on the team. Um, and, and you know what? We've challenged him just to, to take care of the little things in all aspects of his game, all aspects of his life, is to take care of the little things because the little things lead to big things in a positive way. And so, um, you know, this summer... He's, he's he's done some of those things. He's been challenged. And so the start of camp, he's, he's uh, you know what? He's done some really good things to start of camp more so than he did. So the little things, take care of the little things, attention to detail. These are all things that you would desperately hope that a, I think he's a, is he a redshirt junior at this point? He's got to be a redshirt junior at this point. He is. He is. That's alarming. That is really alarming, and that's that's kind of w what we were talking about with Parker Washington, who is a true sophomore, was thrust into a situation last year that he had to be one of the guys, and now we're having this conversation about somebody taking a look at the little things and all the light, you know, that to me is alarming that you don't have any depth now. Like, you, you're still waiting on Daniel George and some of these other guys in the middle of that roster uh, to really do something. And if that's the case, how does how does how does how do your your leaders lead? How does a, a Parker Washington, who's a sophomore, how does he say something? How does he lead at that position to elevate everyone around him? If there are guys who have been in the program twice as long as him, that you're getting those comments out of your receiver coach. And I know he did say he's done good things, and and he you know he said he's he's turning the corner on that stuff. But that's not great. If I'm hearing those things. That's not great. I'm not encouraged by that, by hearing that. Do, am I overreacting to that? You know, I, I don't know if it's overreacting. I think that everybody, uh, I'm stealing from James Franklin here, but everybody's on a different journey, right? Uh, in terms of development, you have these guys moving at different rates uh, during their career, right? The first thing that James Franklin said about Parker Washington was his maturity. Right. It's just his, his, his mature approach to the game. The, the only thing that I'll bring up, and, and I'll let you uh, expound on this, but and I'm, I'm going to mess up the reference, but Justin Fields' pass in the college football playoff semifinal in 2019, where his receiver broke off one way and he threw it into the end. Right at the end of the game, he threw it into the end zone. Interception, ball game, right? Right. <laughs> that was a read, right? Like... They're, right. They're, uh, and so, if 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 you're, it, it only takes that one opportunity. It only takes that one time. Uh, and obviously, we're talking about the highest stakes. But I'm just saying, if if your receivers are not dialed in and do not know where they need to be at which times, it can be disastrous. It yeah. can create situations where you are turning the football over. And Penn State 
dare I say it, is shell-shocked over what happened last year. I, I don't think that there's any question about that, that yeah. they have a, uh, an irrational fear almost, and, and for good reason, right. of right. of turning the ball over. And so if if when you when you look at Parker Washington, yeah, it's really important that he makes plays and differentiates himself, right? All of those things about the, the physical side of being a receiver. But the second part of it is do not hurt us. Right. Do, do not, do not be a detriment because it doesn't matter how spectacular one out of every five catches you make is it's, are you going to put us in a position that is going to hurt the team? And so I think that when you look at after John Dotson and after Parker Washington, the question is maybe less so who is going to make a big play versus who is the least bit of a liability. Uh, I, um, I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't want that to sound salacious. Like I don't, right. you know what I mean? Like I don't, right. I don't want that to sound like a, 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 a huge slam on everyone else. I, I just think it's a question of, of that is who who can you feel confident putting out there that yes they're going to show consistency in catching the football but also is not going to make that huge mistake that and and not the huge mistake that is is so obvious that everyone picks up on it but the one that when they go back and they watch the film and Sean Clifford's the one who's walking away with the interception on yep. the stat sheet but internally they're saying nope that's that's on my guy over here. That's on this yep. receiver for for being in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Yep, and and I I'm so glad we're. This is the conversation we were having earlier in this week when we were talking about what's the best possible scenario at certain positions, and you bring up consistency, and I you know the upside and the potential is kind of what I was leaning on as a best case scenario. But you're right when it comes to what's the best realistic scenario here is that you have guys that are reliable and they catch the football. And your guy, Cam Sullivan Brown, got the lauded consistency remark from Taylor Stubblefield uh, after practice. Here's what he had to say about Cam Sullivan Brown. Um, what what he does is he provides some consistency, uh, probably that you guys don't see or, or it doesn't show necessarily show up in the stat line. Um, but uh, he's he's a consistent player. He's a player that. When he's out there and he's working, he, he'll work hard. He'll do what he's supposed to do. He's not necessarily a vocal leader. And so right now I'm, I'm challenging him as well, somebody who's a, a, a old vet who's been around. And, and he's been around and he's done things the right way. So, um, I, like I said, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I, I, I do um, believe that he's going to have some very big plays this season, um, That are, whether it's going to be moving the chains on the third down or, or or getting in that end zone. So uh, I, I, I like CSB. I really do like him, and, and uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do as well. So you got your consistent guy, right? That's that's exactly what you just said is a consistent chain mover, a guy that's going to make reliable plays for us, and he's going to get the opportunity to do it. Um, I'm just concerned about the depth at this position because – uh, you know, that's why I started where we did when you've got the young guys and you've got Daniel George and you're hearing those comments that they're probably not ready to make significant contributions. And then you got Cam Sullivan Brown. What happens if he gets hurt again? Or, you know, we haven't even talked about Jahan Dotson because he's just such a given. 
What happens yeah. if any of these guys get hurt? Yeah, I mean, I I think that that it's instructive to come at this conversation keeping in mind what the conversation was last preseason. Because last preseason, if you recall, the conversation was that Jahan Dotson might be a serviceable number two or number three receiver. Right. And they were looking for and they were looking for a number one. Right. Uh, with him having that opportunity to to be a number one, but that Parker Washington didn't know anything about Parker Washington, didn't know anything about Keandre Lambert Smith, that those guys were going to be ready to play and produce the way that they did. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that it's an accident that the conversation and the interview that I did with Taylor Stubblefield in the preseason media day, the word that he used was opportunity. And it's an opportunity because, uh, yes, it's a necessity that they get a couple other receivers to step up and, and fulfill those roles. But it's an opportunity because no one has done it yet. Yeah, it's right. That's yeah. what the opportunity is. The opportunity is, hey, uh, there is there is no one who is in front of you on the depth. When we're talking about that third spot, there's no one on the depth chart who you would say today. It, they're a shoe in. Right. I, I, right. I mean, and, I, and I think I think obviously based on on Silverfield's comments tonight, you're going to look at Keandre Lambert-Smith and Cam Sullivan-Brown as being those two guys who have the best opportunity, the best shot to fulfill that role. But beyond that, it's it it is it's a it's a big question, but one that I think that that generally speaking, there's some optimism about that you have the talent. It's just about molding that talent uh, into becoming the type of player that you want them to be. It's just can you do that on the timeline that is necessary is right. Like, do you have, uh, are, are you able to accelerate it to the point where those guys can be more than just serviceable, uh, and not liabilities in that, in that role right now from the start of the season? I don't know the answer to that, but I think that's what they're working on right now. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. He's Nate Bauer. This is the BWI Daily Edition. We're coming to you post-practice talking about the receiver position and what uh, Taylor Stubblefield said about his uh, position group after practice in the second full week of training camp. Uh, if you have not yet, check out our season preview magazine and, of course, the latest edition, which I have right here, Nate of the Blue White Illustrated magazine. We were out about town today delivering a couple of these uh, across town. So if you want to pick up your Blue White Illustrated magazine, you can do that uh, anywhere in town. And I might just keep it up because that's a better, that looks better for the lighting. Also, you can uh, check out 1-800-421-7751 or bluewhiteonline.com. And of course, bwi.rivals.com. Uh, uh, BWI it's been, I can't believe I messed that up, backslash subscribe. Um, and you mentioned Keandre Lambert-Smith, doing three things at once. You mentioned Keandre <laughs> Lambert-Smith. This is the part where I, I may have been a little doom and gloomy to start this, but the good news, Penn State football fans, is that it seems that the light has come on for Keandre Lambert-Smith. You know, Keandre Lambert, has, uh, you know, he's, he's been working hard, and he's been working hard not just on his physical um, abilities, but also his mental toughness. And so he has grown in, in terms of um, 
if something negative happens, to be able to shut the door on that negative event and let's move on. You know, like in golf, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys know in golf, you make that one bad shot and it's like it leads to the next one and the next one and the next one. So just trying to encourage him to shut the door on maybe a bad play and and move forward. So he's had some moments this fall camp where he's done a, a tremendous job of, I guess, having that light come on to say, you know what? Okay, I'm, I might not have executed the way I need to execute. I'm not going to let that get me down. And you know what? Let's let, let's get this next play. So um, he would be one that I think is, is, is uh, moving in that direction. So that's good at least, right? Uh, that, that Keandre Lambert-Smith, obviously a very talented person uh, when it comes to being a receiver and, and catching the football was really the problem of the consistency there. Coming back to your favorite word, if he does become more consistent, that does paint a vastly different picture for Penn State, where now you have at least four guys. Like that's, I'm now counting up to four, and that's better than where we were a couple weeks ago. If that's the trajectory for Keandre Lambert Smith, but maybe it's just me, and maybe I'm 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 getting ahead of myself. It's just that after four. I was a little more surprised, and hopefully this isn't taken. Hopefully, I'm not taking this the wrong way, and that he wasn't being, you know, honest. And then it's just a snapshot of that stuff. But it does not seem like outside of those four, there's really anybody who is doing what you just said, taking advantage of that opportunity. Do you think that as training camp goes on, that picture might change? I, I'm a little conflicted because I don't think that it necessarily needs to. In the sense okay. that if, if if you go back and look, right? Well, first of all, you got to understand what the tight end situation is at Penn State. They love it. They're gonna they're gonna have catches. They're gonna have receptions. It at least one will have a a, a, a what two dozen receptions, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. All I'm all I'm saying all I'm saying is that my my only point is if you look historically at Penn State's distribution of receptions. It's usually two. It's usually two that that end up in the twenties, right? Like twenty and above. Right. Um, obviously, right. obviously, you got a couple of years where where you have a couple guys in the forties um, and occasionally guys in the fifties. But typically speaking, you've got a pretty severe drop off after the top two. Um, you know, because because again, like I'm saying, you're you're looking at two two receivers who stand out, a tight end, at least one tight end who stands out. And at least one running back who ends up in the twenties with, in in terms of his reception. So, do you necessarily have to have a third solidified receiver who is finishing in the thirties and forties over a twelve game season, thirteen game season? Probably not. Probably not. But but you want to. But but historically, the years it, it, it recently where Penn State has had the most success, 2017 being among them, 2016, there was that third. Right. 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 Brandon Polk, uh, DeAndre Tompkins, guys who were not the top, right? Not the Chris Godwin. Yeah. But the Saeed Blacknall, the guy who was a valuable key situation sort of receiver. I guess that that's right. And, and, And a lot of those guys, what they had was they could win on the boundary. And that is yep. one area that I'm, I'm, I do think that is a concern that you're right. I, there are 
options and there are places outside of receiver, out of wide receiver, that you can yeah. go. But in 2019, Penn State did struggle with consistency when K.J. Hamler was their lead receiver, and he yeah. operated from the slot. And Pat Frymuth was their option. He operated from the slot and in line. It's it's those bodies on the outside, and Jahan Dotson is one, but yep. that balance is really what I is I guess what I'm looking at today. Of there doesn't seem to be anyone coming out of the weeds to yep. be a consistent contributor or to push any of these guys to be better, and that's where I think it's interesting the conversation of a guy who's a true sophomore who is clearly a a talent and a a bright star of a player. And of a person, because Parker Washington, I've enjoyed talking to him thoroughly every time. He's a he's a very charismatic, energetic, positive guy. But does that translate into holding other guys accountable and raising the group as a whole? And is that is he going to be able to do that with Jahan Dotson as your top two leaders at that position? That is an interesting dynamic that I don't know the answer to. Uh, and, and that I think is a really interesting dynamic in this conversation of how quickly can they get those other guys to get to their level or to get to the best version of themselves in order to raise you know the, the profile of the offense. Because I do wonder about that boundary position. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just I, I tread lightly in terms of the influence of others in the room when you have to do it. Right. Right. Like bottom Bottom line is, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter who necessarily is the right. Like Jahan Dotson is going to set his own standard, and right. you're going to see that, and that that influence is going to be there every single day. Parker Washington the same. However, it it is it is ultimately going to be up to these individual players themselves to assert themselves and provide that option or not for Penn State's passing game. But I, I can tell you that Mike Yersich wants it, Sean Clifford wants it, James Franklin wants it. All of these guys, right? Like you've got right. so many, so there's so much in football, obviously that's reliant upon one another. But that's that's a big one is to have that element. And, and you've talked about this in terms of Mike Yersich's offense. Stretching the field is a big deal, right? For this guy, so that is a huge piece of the puzzle that. Penn State either has and feels confident with with John Dotson. I, I don't. I don't know if that's how I would describe him, right? As a player, as right, like he went eighty last year a few times, yeah. but not not in non busted coverage kind of ways. Right, right. It if wasn't. It it wasn't necessarily it was him versus a guy on the outside and he went deep and got the ball. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah, that's that's not there isn't a guy who you see as the real game breaking threat from a speed and size on the outside perspective. But it's it is interesting. I'll say this though, you have pulled my finger off the panic button a little bit, and I think that was an important thing to do here tonight as far as looking <laughs> at this position and and I, so this is the thing. If like if you're scout like when I'm scouting players or when I'm writing my notes on high school prospects and if I'm talking about uh, you know, whether it's uh, Jaden Dotton, we didn't get to tonight, but like the getting the motor to come on or mm -hmm. attention to the details or learning the position, the, that means these guys aren't going to play well. They're going mm -hmm. to be, it's physical talent. Sure, that's all there, but we always talk about upside and, and you have to realize the other half of it. And I would be putting too much on those true freshman receivers to expect anything out of them, but 
maybe in the back of your mind you were hoping for a miracle if you're a Penn State fan in that situation, and it's just the reality of that isn't going to happen. I I I mean I do think that there's also a question of of how much attention is Jahan Dotson going to command, right? Right, because there obviously again like for the game itself, defensive coordinators are are picking their poison in some instances. And so they're going to feel comfortable leaving a corner on an island against a receiver who hasn't proven himself as opposed to Jahan Dotson, who you're assuming will have help, right, on, on the back end. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, does that set of conditions create a different opportunity for one of these unproven receivers that wouldn't exist otherwise. And right. in that in that circumstance, James Franklin talks about it all the time. It's a it's a this the game is about finding one on ones yep. and then winning them. Isolating one on ones, getting yourself into that matchup, and then winning that matchup. I, I can tell you what, Cam Sullivan Brown, DeAndre Lambert Smith, one of those guys is gonna have that opportunity this season. Yep, that, go that's do- it. That's a perfect way <laughs> to go put do it. it. Uh, you know, and, and that's a perfect, I think that's a perfect note for us to end on. That was so well said. I'm Thomas Frank Hart. Nate Bauer just hitting a home run in the bottom of the ninth to take us out here on the Blue White uh, Daily Edition. Thanks for coming on today, Nate. Thanks so much. You're, you are making me blush, but also I'm sunburned. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, I, the, the technical stuff was defeating me today, so you can't even see what color my skin is because it looks like I'm coming out of the – it looks like I'm emanating the light today. You're, uh, you're, a, uh, you're from an episode of Chernobyl. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, we'll be back again tomorrow here on the BWI Daily Edition with Greg Pickle as we give you more from Penn State's Training Camp 2021. We'll talk to you then. Hit like. Yes, do that.